0: Triple H FM sports in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants. The Post, Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports welcomes you to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. And now here's your host, the raging bull, Anthony Caruso. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Splinters on Triple
1: H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, triplehfmcomau and wherever you get your podcasts. Anthony the Bull Caruso here as we now enter the final few days of 2022, the year that we finally started returning to normal, which is rather ironic as we are now going to be celebrating the completely paranormal of sporting life, yes, ladies and gentlemen. It is the return of the Triple H Wood Duck Awards for 2022, the worst of sports for the year. It is such a prestigious award that we require the very best to help us celebrate this event. Joining us first off is the Waitara Roller himself, Ariane Shah. Good evening to you.
2: Good evening, I'm really excited for this. Definitely the best
1: Flinters of the year, absolutely could not wait for this anymore. Not only joining us. Um, with Ariane we are blessed to have one of the three true voices of NPL joining us to celebrate this night of nights and he's now not only joining us as part of NPL but he is now a permanent fixture of Triple H FM yes we can make that announcement for the very first time a very good evening to Nicholas Kutnyak.
3: Ah good evening to you everybody it's great to be here to chat about what has been a unique year of sport and we can go through so many rabbit holes. But trust me, we only go through maybe three, maybe four instead of the twelve that I got in my head.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, we are so excited for tonight. We have 10 awards in line for tonight. Plenty of nominations. Ladies and gentlemen, let us start the proceedings for the second last time in 2022. And for the second time, for the Wood Ducks, this is splinters and we're going to kick things off here tonight with our first award it is the lance armstrong award for the biggest juice up of the year of course we are celebrating the biggest drug cheat of the year and we should mention and i'll get both of you to to give your thoughts on this last year's winner sun yang uh
3: sun yang Made uh, swimmers, isn't it just hilarious how they're always constantly fighting, especially in China? It's been a big issue for a long, long time about uh, drugs in sport. And he thought he was innocent, or he thought, oh, I'll be able to get into an Olympic Games. He had no chance. I don't know why he even bothered. Let's get straight into it. And we're going to go with our
1: nominations here. Ariane, who is our first nomination for the Lance Armstrong Award? This yes,
2: is so the first one. is. Sakur Samed, he's a Ghanaian boxer who failed a drug test at the 2022 Commonwealth Games in an attempt to replicate or better his brothers in the light heavyweight division. Now, that's a pretty dumb reason to fail a drug test, if you ask me.
1: I mean, you could just see it. You know, you've come up two divisions of the light heavyweight. There's something going on there, surely, Ariane, isn't
2: there? <laughs> 100%.
1: Definitely some fixing going on. Oh, (laughs) I couldn't have said it better myself. Nicholas, number two.
3: Oh, Valentina Kaminska now. She's a Ukrainian skier at the 2022 Winter Games. Making this worse, she's actually Belarusian, but affected to the Ukraine. Now, look. For a start, that's the, the confusion in itself. Why do you want to go from one country to the other when both of them, to be honest, are not that good anyway? You're not going to get any support. But again, deciding, oh, I'm going to take drugs and head to the Olympic Games. like it, like Why do sports stars think they can get away with murder, basically? And when I say murder, I, I say in regards to thinking that it's okay to take drugs at games, especially when you get drug tested. Seriously, anyway, moving forward. Uh, indeed.
2: I feel like doping will start and end in Eastern Europe. <laughs> Powerful observation there. Powerful. Ariane, number three. Yeah, so this is Camilla Valieva. Uh, she's a Russian figure skater, so you can see the trend going on here. At the 2022 Winter Olympics, she was drug cheating in figure skating which I find hard to believe that that would give any benefit whatsoever. Drug, che- I'm sorry, drug cheating
1: and figure skating. Yeah. It, it's, like, it's like me taking performance enhancing drugs to play bridge.
3: Yeah, but <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm trying to work out is why you need it. Is it for upper body strength when you're deciding to uh, – that doesn't even make sense. It like, doesn't. What, like, unless you're trying to carry somebody – in the figure skating, you know, when they jump up and that, but mm. no, like I, I, like, I don't know how that's going to make you, how, how that's going to make you a better sk- a skater. No, it just makes no sense. Makes no sense.
1: Nicholas, number four.
3: Simona Halep. Now, she was a fantastic tennis player. She was a number one, but she tested positive for rocks and dust art at the 2022 US Open. Now... I don't know why she thinks she needs it. Hasn't she won enough? And and, and to make it worse, right, to make it worse, she actually is still in the top 10 tennis players in my books in the women's game that will actually be competitive Now, because I've said for a long, long time, the women's tennis over the last probably five years has dropped off so much. Now, she's trying her best to stay in there, Come on, really? So you need to go down that path. You're better off retiring and retire in a good stead than taking performance-enhancing drugs or allegedly taking performance-enhancing drugs.
1: Well, some four very good nominations there for the Lance Armstrong Award and a reputation to hold up from the previous winner in Sun Yang. But for sheer stupidity, not only at the event that they were going to hold it for, but for the competition that they were going to go and do it for, we can confirm that our winner of the Lance Armstrong Award for biggest juice-up of the year goes to Camilla Valieva. I mean, quite honestly, who cheats with drugs in figure skating?
3: I don't who know. does it? I, I, Like, I, I don't get it. I'll i, I, I will never get it, but I don't get it in that situation. Oh. Disappointing, though. Like, As I said, there's so many options there, and uh, oddly enough, it has to go... To a Russian figure skater. By the way, did not <laughs> represent under the Russian flag.
1: No, this is true. This is true.
3: It, 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 as they say, it doesn't matter if you change your flag; it's still the same thing. Yep.
1: Yeah. We now move on to award number two, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Greg Norman Award for the biggest choke of the year. And Nicholas, we we've got to say a a naming of the award more none more befitting. And certainly last year's winner in the U.S. women's soccer team, none more befitting as well.
3: Yes, more ways than one. Greg Norman knows how to choke and just ask him about it. Uh, he it does it quite a bit in the golf game back in the 80s. But, look, I am looking forward to more so ripping into this year's because last year's, look, the Americans, deservedly so off their Olympic performance, but... But let's get into the nominations for this year because there are some beauties. Oh, and there the are. The first one, the first one here, it has to be Ferrari. Now, I was thinking at the start of the season, you little beauty, this is going to be the year that we're going to see the team from Skidira just absolutely rip up. Well, it started that it way. Well, it started. It Happened. Spain happened where yeah. the championship was pretty much all over for Carla's sides. And by the way, can I just say, him and Charles Leclerc had a good start to the year, but a couple of things that went wrong. You could say there was some driver error, yeah, but you know what? And you could always say, oh, it could be the gear that Ferrari's using. Remember, they're just trying to get a car that's in its first season going. But, but, it's all about tactics. And Ferrari's tactics were as bad as the Balmain Tigers in the 1999
1: season. Could not agree more. We should mention as well, very quickly, the Honourable Mention, they haven't choked yet, but the German national football team at the World Cup currently happening right now, geez, they could uh, could go very close to that. Ariane, number
2: two for the Greg Norman Award for biggest choke of the year. Yeah, and this one I think deserves even more of an accolade. So this is Jorginho and he had three opportunities to put Italy into the 2022 FIFA World Cup with three penalties. Imagine one player getting that many opportunities in penalty and butchering all of them. That is something quite spectacular. I, I, I still wonder how. <laughs> I still wonder how.
1: Dom still wonders how as well.
3: <laughs> okay. Let's. Well, by the way, can I just say, Italy, yeah. Uh, isn't it a shame they're not in the World Cup? But uh, no, it's <laughs> actually, actually great to see them not in the World Cup. All right, <laughs> next on the list, can you believe this? Once, once I say, once a proud nation in the cricketing game, well, they struggled bit big time this World Cup. We are speaking about the Shalakins and you know what? Just the way, it, and, and I'm a little bit disappointed. I've got to say, I'm a little bit disappointed the way that their World Cup went okay because everybody said, oh, look, the West Indies—they were, they were terrible." But yeah, look, well, they didn't—they had no chance. They had no chance to make their twelve. But the Sri who did advance into the the twelve, of course, when it came down to—and—and—it's and, and all confusing because there's about ten World Cups here. Okay, so there's ten World Cups in the cricketing world now. Sri Lanka in this World Cup, and I have checked it, did make it into the 12 because I'm looking at this.
2: Yeah, they played Australia in the 12 and all the other games. I do remember that. They did. However, the fact
1: that they ran so close and I think were only managed to make it because a team that was expected to qualify headed for them had themselves a choke. Yeah, look. So I,
3: I still think I still think they just made the 12, but it, it it is one of those things where it was a choke. No question about it. It, was a, it yeah. was a choke that they nearly missed out. But at the same token, I want to go and actually spin this on you. This is gonna be a last minute change. Go ahead. I want to, I want to change my chokers you know who I think was the biggest check in that World Cup? Who was it? South Africa. Exactly right. Losing <laughs> to the Dutch. Now, hold up. This is a big thing because they're the Dutch. They shouldn't know how to play cricket. But yet, yet, they beat South Africa in the final day to win by 13 runs. What they enabled was Pakistan to make the final out of that.
1: You know what? Let's do it. Let's let's replace how Sri you, Lanka with South Africa.
2: How do you beat India and then lose to the Netherlands?
0: That know. is
1: crazy. Let's let's do it. Sri Lanka has been replaced by South Africa. Sri yeah, Lanka has because- now got an honourable mention.
3: Because I was going through it and, and I was looking, yeah, Sri Lanka had a pull World Cup. But then I'm like, I-, I thought they made it in to it and they were bad. But that's why I needed to change it because I thought, you know what? South Africa should have been in the final. They should have been in the final. They
2: they had that. They were, like, top of the group the whole time. Yep. And then Pakistan destroyed them after they were, like, 5 for 60 and they somehow got, like, 190. And then I have no idea how they lost to the Netherlands out of all teams. Ariane, number four. This is Gerard Peake, and he has managed to choke a relationship with Shakira out of all people. I don't know how you would butcher that opportunity once in a lifetime and gone. Well, I have to say, though, Nick, I think Gerard Pico
1: might have actually won out of this because I believe Shakira is facing jail time.
3: Yeah, look, chat, let's not get into... Uh... Matters that concern the uh, police, especially in America, uh, you don't want to get in trouble. Or, there. Spain,
1: or Spain for that matter.
3: Well, yes, exactly yeah. right. Uh, but uh, Shakira, she's in a bit of drama. But look, you know what? There's always another. And now, Nicholas, nomination number five. Number five, the Parramatta Eels and their dreadful performance in the grand final for season 2022. Everybody thought they were going to win the premiership. I didn't, but everybody thought they did. But like the best in the choking business, Parramatta continued to deliver. They've been choking for a long, long time. I could say they've had more chokes than, uh, well, let's say, it's after nine anyway, uh, after certain programs on internet television. But let's just say <laughs> this was prophetic, and they were better off being at an expo in October and November in certain parts of Australia than being on a football field, because that was pathetic. Parramatta, who, like usual, find a way to lose a premiership they probably should have won.
1: Once again, finding a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Once again. And yet, the winner is not Parramatta.
3: Oh, come on.
1: It is not. Amazingly, the reason why they haven't won it is because they haven't done their choke on an international scale, and there's only one team here that has done a choke on an international scale to such an extent that they have become the biggest meme in the world this year. I am talking, regrettably, of the Ferrari Formula One team. They are the winners of the Greg Norman Award for the biggest choke of 2022. As much as it pains me to say it.
3: Well, look, they deserved it. <laughs> Let's be honest. They were flying high early and then mm, something went wrong.
1: Technical. Yeah. We now move on, ladies and gentlemen, to award number three, the John McEnroe Award for the biggest meltdown in sport. And, Nicholas, last year's winner, could not be more deserving than Liz Cambage.
3: Yes, Liz, Liz Cambage. Uh uh, I don't know what to say about her anymore more because she just absolutely stuffed up her opportunity to, you know, have herself in the proper limelight as a professional basketball and she is a very good player. But all the stupidity that came around and yes, we all know what happened at that infamous uh, match. Or infamous game, I should say. So, look, disappointing that uh, she won it, but she deserved it last year. But this year's, there is some options here. Now, I sometimes wonder why there is tennis players that want to tank an Australian Open. What about this one, Benet Pare? Well, however you pronounce his name, it doesn't matter because he's a choker and also a great meltdown specialist. So. This meltdown, in terms of no noise made, but clearly no effect either, because nobody knew he was doing it. He was tanking, and nobody knew. It was
1: it's quite a level of tank, uh, tanking, taking, and meltdown if it, of the quite variety. Very surprising for us all. Arian tennis player, then like, not. Like, <laughs> well
3: he's then not. Well, then what? How, how are you going to take? Why don't you meltdown, or why don't you uh, decide to? Uh, Do a little um, meltdown. Well, not a meltdown, but if you're going to fight a system, why don't you actually play well? I know.
1: But then again, you know, reasons, as some (laughs) would say. Ariane,
2: nomination number two. Yeah, this next one is CM Punk. I can't get past the name, first of all, let alone what he actually did. But he's now infamous press conference with the all elite wrestling has made it likely. He will never compete in professional, professional wrestling or MMA again.
1: It was one of those conf- press conferences where he just went, F everyone, that's it, I'm done. And just basically, he took what's what's known in wrestling terms as a shoot, which is where it's not scripted, it's real, and he just shot on everyone. You just can't do that.
3: No. And you know what? He doesn't care. He's got money. He's CM Punk. He'll find a way to be somewhere. Okay, our next one on the list is a man that will find somewhere, potentially the A-League and uh, maybe Sydney FC, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. He uh, protested his uh, treatment from his coaching staff at Manchester United, including leaving the bench and walking up the tunnel with five minutes remaining in a contest. Now, look, this guy is a great player. We all agree He's a fabulous player, but, but, but the ego is as big as Anthony Caruso on a Friday night eating. Like, oh. it's just it's just ridiculous, his ego. It's pathetic. Great player and all, but he's getting older. That means you're getting slower. That means you don't have the skill you had once before. So, Cristiano, just, you know, you're not going to wear a red devil's jersey now, but when you go to Sydney FC, put the blue jersey on we're pride and win us a, a premiership and a championship. That's all we're asking. Cause we need it. Cause Steve Coric is struggling big time.
2: Oh,
1: absolutely. Ariane nomination. Number four.
2: This is Tony Dose for his epic rant and live to air meltdown while calling the finals for the new South Wales rugby league group six.
1: I mean, for those of us who heard it, it, would almost guarantee that he will never call a rugby league game in Sydney again. The fact that he got kicked off Macarthur Sports Radio as a result of it is pretty hard to volume. do. Yeah, unless you do and considering Mike, considering really Mike Sheen is one of the nicest blokes around as well. So, anyway, nomination That's an
2: achievement in itself <laughs> it's to piss off the people that no one else can. It is. It is indeed. Nicholas, number five, and this one is an
1: absolute beauty.
3: I hope Solo, she finds herself in situations, doesn't she? Uh, The only problem is it's not always Solo. Uh, Continuing her fine tradition. (laughs) (laughs) It's not funny. She's done the the DV and DUI. That's not funny. But, look, having a go at just the name alone, Solo, well, I'll tell you now, she won't be Solo where she's going.
1: No, absolutely not. She is facing jail time for another DUI and her line of domestic charges. But, ladies and gentlemen, not only now for his dummy spit up the tunnel, but the fact that he threatened to boycott and reveal everything unless he was let go by the club and finally got it, the winner of the John McEnroe Award for biggest meltdown in sport for 2022 is well-deservedly Cristiano Ronaldo. No better person, no better fitting nah, he of following on, is it?
3: He deserves
1: a big time. Absolutely That's... deserves it. Let's move on to award number four, one of my personal favorites, and indeed I think most people here, it is the Sergio Ramos Award for the biggest act of shithousery. Now, Nicholas, we need to explain for those who are listening in for the first time, how would you classify shithousery?
3: Well, it depends. It's the way you celebrate from time to time, or it's the way you uh, take a victory in some respects. So when we go through the list, we'll explain with a little bit more detail. But last year's winner, you need to explain to me why he won it.
1: Giorgio Chiellini. He won it for the shirt pull in the Euro final on Bukaya Sayo. Saka, I should say. That earned himself a yellow card, but also denied England a chance to score and would have won them the final. Instead, it went to penalties, which Italy won. Giorgio Chiellini deliberately took a yellow card. He took one for the team in pulling the shirt of an opposition player in probably his last ever international game.
3: There you go, stupidly.
1: Oh, I don't think that. That is pure. That is. That is about an elite, a professional foul as you will ever get, really. Ariane, we do have for you an honourable mention straight away.
2: Yeah, and this is the British politician Dipti Sharma. God knows how she got near a game of cricket, but that's for another day. But she won the game entirely through man-cutting, which is unbelievable.
1: Oh, that's that's cheeky. That is elite levels of cheeky, legal but cheeky indeed. Nomination one, number it's, one. It's nickel. a
2: great area, legal. Yeah, it is. It definitely divides the cricketing world for sure. It's
3: Nicholas. a politician. It's a politician finding a way to uh, cheat the system. Anyway, hello, Keith. Uh, now, <laughs> next one. Next one on the list, or the main one on the list, the first one. Shane van Gisbergen. Now, some will say it was for his. Celebrating after Bathurst, and you know how he went on television. And did his duty of going on air and said, Look, I'm here, but I've got to go over there because I need to um, just put that food away from last night. Uh, but <laughs> I think, I think oh. he deserves it for his stupidity. I say stupidity. SVG is driving out of his skin. There was an instant between. Him and Anton Di Pasquale on the final turns at Townsville. Now, ADP was told, he was told by his team, let him back in, readdress, readdress. So ADP does the right thing according to his team, which, by the way, I thought he should take the race because he didn't do anything wrong. He just went and got the the run, the luck of the green, and SVG stuffed up. But anyway, so... They've said, oh, there was contact. We gotta redress, redress. So ADP tries. But SVG goes, you know what? What I'm gonna do, I'm gonna let him, I'm going to let him win. And what I'm gonna do, I'm not gonna take that redress. I'm actually gonna push him over the line like an old man pushing his lawnmower on a Saturday morning. So he does that, thinking, you know what? He's going to get more than five-second penalty. He's going to get like a 10 or 15-second penalty. It's going to put him down the list. It's going to put him down the list. Well, they only gave him a couple of second penalty and guess what? He was second and SVG was first. So you know what? SVG, you may have got the win like you deserved in that race but you didn't get the, you didn't get so uh, what you wanted and that was ADP to lose points. So you know what? What a toss bag by thinking, by thinking that's going to work. SVG, sensational driver but a terrible black.
1: Ariane,
2: nomination number two. Yeah, this is funny because Penrith do all the hard work every year and they really enjoy themselves a little too much in every finals and really enhance their reputation year on year as one of the most hated teams for their blatant acts of cheating or stupidity and this isn't as bad as Nathan Cleary's sister destroying the (laughs) premiership trophy in 2021 (laughs) but uh and I don't know if it would come a close second because there's not too much you can compare to that but Jerome Luai no we we can't confirm it's
1: James Fisher Harris
2: oh sorry yeah so so another culprit this time uh during his NRL grand final celebration, declared himself to be the daddy of Parramatta, which after that performance and after how they were, how much they were outclassed is not that difficult to do. And I'm I'm, sure there's a lot of other clubs, a lot of other players that would be thinking the exact same thing.
1: I I think that's probably fair in that regards there. Uh, Nicholas, nomination number three.
3: Well, look, I don't tend to agree with this, but that's okay. Some say it's Oscar Piastri for his Twitter post announcing that he hadn't signed with Alpine and that he wouldn't be racing for Alpine. So this is an interesting situation because to take you back, basically Alpine said, oh, congratulations, Oscar Piastri driving for us next year. There was a little problem. The contract wasn't signed. Say, so, look, some will say it was arrogant what Oscar Piastri did. But guess what? I would do the same thing if I was in the station not going that good. And I won't name it, but all I could say is uh, it's got entertainment in the middle of their initials. So, look, put it this way, I don't think he did anything wrong, but I can understand why people think he did. But at the end of the day, it's our team being a terrible organisation. But Oscar Piastri apparently gets the nod. I still don't understand why.
1: Well, we've got to give an honourable mention as well for Alex Albon for using the exact same format to announce that he would be staying on with Williams F1. I thought that that was absolutely brilliant, and Alex Albon's humour we always know is a little bit dark, but it's very biting as well, and funny, and funny, and legitimately funny as well.
2: Ariane, nomination number four. Yeah, well, you cannot go past. You simply cannot go past a Wood Ducks awards without the mention of Nick Kyrgios. He just has to be there somewhere because it's part of the great entertainer and actor and performer that he is on the court. But after his quarterfinals doubles win, uh, he told his whinging opposition to enjoy their flight home. And this really isn't a very uncharacteristic, curious thing to do, considering how much he lets his emotions get the better of him in the biggest moments i got
1: to say, though, the way he delivered it, though, was pure shit house for I, I Even I admit, I giggled at this.
3: Yeah, it's, it's hilarious, but it's actually one of the tamest things that Nick Kyrgios has done. Uh, think about the other dramas he's had anyway. Next one on the list, it's Andrew Redmayne. Now, he, he discovered notes for the Perusian goalkeeper for the penalty shootout in the World Cup qualifier, rubber-banded, to a drink bottle. Now, this is amazing. He teared up the notes and threw them away. Now, I don't think this is stupid. I actually think it's genius. And this is why we like Andrew Redmayne. The, the things like that, this is smart. But, you know what? It's still shithousery. Hey, there's a bit of a hole in that. and yeah. He's a asshole, So he deserves to do something like that. And I said asshole. So, yes, Andrew Redmayne, love it. Absolutely love it.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, we, what we do here with the, the biggest act of shithousery, it not only has to be a, a, a somewhat evil act or somewhat nasty act, but, it, but our winners have traditionally been someone who have gone above and beyond to not only help their cause with shithousery, but help everyone's cause for the better with shithousery. We saw it with Giorgio Chiellini last year, and it's only fitting that the winner of the Sergio Ramos Award for the biggest act of shithousery for 2022, Is Andrew Redmayne. Go Redders. Uh, Andrew Redmayne just can't help but win this year, can he?
3: Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can I just turn across? Hey, Andrew. Andrew. Can you stop uh, dancing around like a wiggle, please? Yeah, that race suit. That's got to go as well. Okay. Thank you, mate. Bye.
1: (laughs) Oh, magnificent. Congratulations, Andrew Redmayne, and great to see a member of the Keepers Union taking a, an award out as well. We now move on to our last award before we take our break, and it is award number five, the Connie Harris Award for the biggest anti-sports move by a non-sport individual. Now, to explain this, this is goes to somebody who has no general involvement when it comes to sport, but acts in such a way that they stop or hinder sport occurring the way that it should be. And last year's winner, Nicholas, Mark McGowan, for the absolutely stupid restrictions that he tried to put in during the height of COVID, including suggestions that any cricket game that would be played at Optus Stadium, any time a cricket ball gets hit in, in the crowd during a twenty T twenty game would have to be automatically replaced.
3: Okay. It's a big issue with that and that would be the fact. And in cricket you're not allowed to replace the ball that easily. So uh, I suppose he should be used to uh, people replacing his balls. Uh, but anyway, look. Oh. Mark McGowan, hello to you, the former New South <laughs> Welshman that everybody forgets that he's a New South Welshman. He's an okay. Nordicastrian,
1: correct me if I'm wrong. And
3: that he's correct, and that he went up north to uh, study. I don't think that worked. Anyway, let's go <laughs> from the list. First of all, it's the conglomerate at CBS Run. It's Channel 10, Paramount Plus and 10 play for showing that no one except the SPS. Yes, the uh, – I can't say what I was about to say. The, uh, I, I, won't, I won't say because it'll be cut out anyway. So, SPS, they know how to broadcast the game. But Channel 10, they don't. Look, we put it this way. Saturday nights, they try this coverage. Yeah, that's great. The only problem is they've got commentators half the time in a studio. Calling in the game, not at the venue, which is disappointing. Now, the other thing, and the thing I've really really, really peeved off about, okay, we get two A-League men's games every week on Channel 10, one on Saturday, one on Sunday, but I shouldn't say Channel 10. I should say on 10 Bold because they still can't work out that nobody watches Bold. You've got to put it on (laughs) the number one channel, Big Daddy 10, because Big Daddy 10 They will get audiences, and I know that CBS, Channel 10, Viacom, they don't know what an audience is, and they're scared (laughs) that there's actually more than five people watching. But guess what? It's good when there's more than five people watching because that means you can get better sponsors. But I suppose you want terrible programs like The Project. Anyway, their pathetic broadcasting comes to the A-League Women's Instead of showing an A-League women's game on free-to-air television, yes, some people would say it's great that every game will be free on Ten Play. But there's a problem with that. The app doesn't work, just like the Paramount app. And I'll remind everybody that for the first time, a national sport in Australia was forced to not in not broadcast their game on the usual platform that they are supposed to, aka on Paramount Plus, because they're showing CBS News instead. They had to put every game on YouTube. And guess what? For the first time, people were able to, on a streaming platform, rewind the game, something that you still can't do on Paramount because Paramount don't know what pause and rewind mean, unlike KO. On that note, Channel 10 and Paramount Plus do the right thing at the end of the year, hand your badge over, and give the broadcasting rights to somebody else or Call me up and I'll help you out.
2: Your I Nick- don't know why your Channel Kutunyak. 10 even exists.
3: Yeah, well, look, they were the Simpsons network in the 90s and that paid off dividends, but yeah, they haven't done anything for a while.
1: You're Nicholas Kutnyak.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to put my name to that because I still want to pop I'll call A anyway. Next one.
2: Oh, Ariane, nomination number two. So Emek Echo and Katia Chakra. So these people thought it would be a good idea to protest environmental issues in the deep south out of all places during the opening night of the NFL season where no one cares about anything else except drinking and uh, beating up the opposition fans. So I don't know why they thought it was a good idea to protest Such a divisive issue that no one in the South believes is a problem anywhere.
1: I mean, you want peak stupidity, you know, you've just done it right there. Speaking of peak stupidity, Nicholas Kutnyak, nomination number three.
3: Yeah, look, I know I'm stupid, but I'm not as bad as these (laughs) right? Because they were pathetic in their stupidity. So Joe Granu, he has an incident, a bad incident, right? He's buried his car. And buried nearly everything in the tire wall. In the meantime, on the other side of the track, these idiots called Just Stop Oil, a protest group, decides, you know what? We're going to step on the Silverstone track, and we're going to make sure that we cause a stir. Look, if I was Lewis Hamilton, if I was say Max Verstappen, if I was Charles Leclerc, if my car was running, what I would do. I would make sure that you would not have another protest. And I know that sounds inhumane, but once you go on a racetrack, guess what? There's a thing called a car and the car nine times out of 10 will beat the human being. Okay. So do the right thing and stay off the freaking track.
1: It's like you're at the professional wrestling. Everyone knows that as soon as you step into the ring during a professional, professional wrestling game, exactly. you lose all rights. They are allowed under the contract and stipulations to do whatever they want. I think they should have the same thing with Formula One. If you step out on that track, they cannot be held responsible for what happens next.
3: You know what the hilarious thing is? They paid the F one the money to go into the venue.
1: I know. Stupid.
3: <laughs> it was correct or wrong? It was on. Was it? It was the Hanger Straight or the Wellington Straight? It, I think. Well, it was one of the Straights. I think the Hanger, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Don't hang me on that. The hang of straight, and, that's dangerous.
2: And why would you protest about oil in the middle of a car race where, like, every single vehicle needs large amounts of oil to be there well, that, and run?
3: Yeah. Well, that's it, the point. That is They, they, so they think dumb. Peronius will change their minds. That, that's what they think, Peronius a Shell sure will change their minds. Well, guess what? They're not going to change their minds because they are a motorsport Body, well, not body, but they're motorsport people, and they're not going to change their minds anyway. Next, next subject. Because I'm going Ariane, to- nomination number four.
2: This is this is a slightly concerning one, and one that really hinders on human rights. Which Iran hasn't done well as of late, but taking it to sport just takes it to a whole other level. So they've made a habit now. Of making local sports stars disappear due to political issues, and we all know that you all fear the worst for people that I just suddenly erased from the world, and uh, they when they pretend like they didn't exist. So you always fear that something horribly wrong has gone on to these poor people, and you hope for the best, but. For that to happen in sport, especially in a country like that, is very concerning and extremely surprising.
1: It is a very sad situation and state of affairs over in Iran itself. Nicholas, nomination number five.
3: Well, look, Extinction Rebellion. They decided to protest the existence of golf course in south of France by concreting every Oh, at the course around the French Riviera. Now, look, some people think was that an attack on Greg Norman and the way he blew the final round. It probably wouldn't have helped him anyway. But the reality is these guys are Muppets. Now, I I understand how some people love filling holes, but do it somewhere else. Not a golf course. Only one ball is (laughs) supposed to fill the hole. Not liquid. Anyway... Anyway, who's that winner, Anthony?
1: Von Scott would have been proud of that double entendre. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, there are some absolutely amazing nominations, but there can only be one winner out of that. And I think for the fact that not only did they pay good money to attend the event, run onto a track to try and do a protest at the same spot that a previous protest had been held over at Silverstone itself, and to do it at such a tasteless time when a driver was buried into the wall and there were fears for his life, Just Stop Oil have won the Connie Harris Award for the biggest anti-sport move by a non-sport individual or group. Congratulations. We hope we never see you again. Well done, Tussis. Well done. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we will take our break and head over to the lobby for a quick refreshment, which we definitely need. And when we come back, We will have part two of the 2022 Triple H Wood Duck Awards right here on Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H, 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, triplehfm.com.au and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be
0: right back. It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1FM. Your local RSL is at the heart of every community, and there is none better in the hornsby Coringai area than the Hornsby RSL. Whether you're planning a major event, dinner with family or friends, or having a quiet night at your local, Hornsby RSL is the place to be. Rediscover what enjoying life is all about. With regular weekly events, special entertainment, and some of the best eateries in Sydney, we have you covered for a great night out. As always, drink responsibly. Support the club that supports. Come to Hornsby
2: RSL at 4 High Street, Hornsby or get in touch on 94
0: and at hornsbyrsl.com.au. The Hornsby RSL proud station sponsors of triple H 100.1 FM.
2: Want to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian owned and fully customisable. ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey as well as training and outerwear ensuring you look the part when representing your community as don rizzuto would say look sharp and play pretty with isc sport visit their website isc for more information isc sport official clothing partners of triple h 100.1 fm streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au
0: Looking for a fun night out with family and friends? Then come to the hidden gem in the Hornsby Koringa area, The Attic. Located inside Hornsby RSL, The Attic provides all the fun and excitement you can expect from a bowling and arcade bar in an intimate location that ensures a real gaming experience for everyone. With four 10-pin bowling lanes, Australia's first augmented reality bowling experience, and a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, The Attic is the place to let your inner child run wild. So make sure you book your Next night out at the Attic at Four High Street Hornsby. Call them on nine four triple or book via their website at theattichornsby.com.au. The Attic, part of Hornsby RSL, station sponsors of Triple H one hundred point one FM. Welcome back to Splinters, your no holds barred sports podcast. Welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple
1: H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, www.triplehfm.com.au and wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for part two of the 2022 Triple H Wood Duck Awards. Yes, we are in the awards season as we speak. I'm joined here, of course, tonight by Ariane Shah and Nicholas Kutnyak. And it's now time to move on to award number six, one of our more controversial ones, the Danny Weidler Award for Worst Sports Journalist or Commentator. And, Nicholas, we should make a mention last year's winner. Again, a very controversial one indeed, and it pains us no end to see how far this man's career has gone. It, last year it did go to one Michael Slater.
3: Yeah, I don't want to touch this too much, and nobody's touching him anyway. Uh, but the patheticness uh, <coughs> of uh, what's happened in his career, It's sad. I hope he gets help. He needs help badly. Uh, But he was a talented cricketer, a talented broadcaster. And sadly, uh, what bit him was the illegal uh, substance. And we're not talking about Lance Armstrong here. So, look, uh, we we hope hope that Michael Slater will somehow get out of the drama. It's going to be difficult. I think there's only one solution, and that's sadly for him to – visit the big house for a few years and uh, try to get his life straight, but that might not even help. But anyway, look, it, it's sad, uh, but hopefully he'll get better because it's a serious situation with him. But let's have some fun Absolutely. because I'm Either ready way. to rip into you here.
1: <clears throat> yep. My first honourable mention, the first honourable non- men- uh, honourable mention what? is from myself and it is, for someone who I find absolutely painful to listen to whenever it comes to any sort of sports analysis because I think he doesn't have a clue about what he's talking about. And it is Ben Dobbin, a.k.a.
3: Dobbo. Come off it. Come off it. Ben Dobbin's a good broadcaster. No, he's not. I like him. I I think he goes all right as a footy caller. He does his job as a sideline eye. Okay, I still don't know how he got a job at Channel Ten, Channel 9, I should say, being a, a reporter because he's not a journo by trade, but he does a very good job. But remember, Channel 9, or, uh, not even just Channel 9 in Queensland, in Queensland they're pretty unique about who A, hosts their news, and B, who their reporters are. May I remind everybody, in Queensland, on Channel 9 you've got Wally Lewis. Channel 7 you've got a bloke called Shane Webke.
1: Oh, yes!
3: I am not joking. They're your news reporters. Like, they're your hosts for the news for sport. They're your sports news readers. Yes, I am kidding you not. They all hold no par to the only broadcaster that played sport that is fantastic at reading sports news. And, of course, he's my good friend. That's why I love him. And that's why I think Berkey's the only one that can do it. But nobody else can. And on that note, just go in the commentary box and have your opinion and go away. It, it, it makes
1: us sport here in New South Wales that we've got someone as talented to do sports reporting and sports journalism on television to read the news, much like the male model from Mudgee himself in Kenny Sutcliffe.
3: Look, well, you know, Queensland had one goat there, and that was, and of course, you know, Donnie Moseley. Donnie no, Moseley. He's around the grounds. I'm talking about Paddy Welsh. Yeah, Paddy Welsh is the only one that Queensland's had that was a number one. Do mind you, they're number two, and, and he was only just – I reckon he was only just a shade away because he wasn't actually a bad broadcaster. I worked with him, right? And, and, and look, he can be frustrating, but I actually like him as a bloke. He's not bad. I was speaking Terence, Terrence Mark Francis Kennedy. TK, when he was over there in Queensland, he was good. And you know what? He did a, he did a right job calling the footy. I, I, I do actually miss TK from time to time calling the football. Oh, he was fantastic. Oh. But let's go through this list because no, because you've got uh,
1: you got one other person you want to bring up well, as well. You,
3: let's bring it up because this, look, this is interesting. Talking about Queensland, their sport reporters. Can you believe Katie Brown is going to host or going to be a part of Sunrise in twenty twenty three? Jeez,
2: really? Yeah, I mean, really.
3: I, I don't. Like, I I don't know. Apparently, she's going to be a roving reporter, but I don't know if it's going to work. I I, I don't know because I just don't rate her sports show. I I don't know if she's as good as what people think she is. She she does a job. And she does it, you know, according to everybody well. I just don't see what everybody else sees. And, and, and I'm trying to be as politically correct as possible in regards to saying she does a job, but I just don't think she's the best I've seen. There you go.
1: I, I, look, I'll go out there and say I think she has the personality of a kumquat.
3: I put it this you know. way, I think Erin Mullen was better than her.
1: Oh, totally. Totally. Mel McLaughlin.
3: Oh, Mel is McLaughlin's easy. a different force field. She is fantastic. She's a force of she, nature. Well, she's a great broadcaster. She's a Quakers Hill girl. And she does very well. And then we can talk about Vonnie Sampson as well, who's fantastic. And there's so many, but I I really don't rate Katie Brown as much as everybody does. That's all. Arian
1: Shah, we're going to come to you for nomination number one.
2: And this is Chris Warren. And he claims to be a rugby league caller, but he d- doesn't do a good job of it. And I guess the only thing that gets him even remotely close to knowing anything about rugby league is that he is the son of the legendary caller, Ray Warren. but I still don't think that does him justice.
1: I I think the difficult thing here with this one here is I think he's actually a very good sports administrator. He's in the wrong role.
3: I actually think he is a very good reader, sports reader. He was fantastic as a news reader. And and can I add, he actually came from the UK in regards to his sporting traits. So I'm going to defend Chris Warren a little bit because, and get ready for this because it's going to be a little bit long-winded, but that's okay. We're going to have a history lesson. So Chris Warren went overseas and I think he went for his rugby league career, but that was no good. So he he became a sports reader in the UK and did rugby league reports and all that and did a fantastic job. Came came back to Australia, did it on Fox, did it on 2GB and was fantastic. As an expert commentator, he's pretty good. As a side on eye, he's fantastic. But as a play-by-play caller, he struggles and he can't see from time to time when the TV's two foot in front of him, he still struggles. Even when it's a millimeter in front of him, he struggles. But you know what? At least he's got his own style because his brother, Mark, copies his father and sounds basically like for like. It's almost like if Mark Warren, if Ray Warren actually had a brother called Reg, well, Mark would actually be able to play him helter-skelter right there. But – The next person on my list. Go for it. I'm happy with this one, okay? I'm going to talk about Jack Clifton, right? Now, look, Jack, he tries his best. He tries hard enough. But there's some things that I'll leave because there's stuff I want to say, but I won't say too much because I can go into it for days for days. But one thing I would wish Jack would learn would be when he's calling the cricket, just, just relax a little bit. It's on television. All, all, all you need to do is add to the pitches, not yell at the pitches. That's one thing he's going to learn. Just don't yell. Just, just, just,
1: just, just. he doesn't. He's not supposed to be calling cricket like it's Tony Dosen calling cricket. Well, it just.
2: just. Oh, one other guy who's really not suited to cricket is. Oh, his name escapes me now, but he's. he does a lot of AFL commentary and he uh, uh, Moved
3: to which one are we talking about? Are we talking about on the Fox variety or Channel Seven? Fox. Are you talking about Mark Howard?
2: No. No. Um, I think it's no, it's Brenton Speed.
3: Okay, That's yeah, no, him. I agree. He has That's way it.
2: too much energy for a cricket commentator.
3: Speed has got too much energy. Full stop. He needs to pull back a little bit, uh, Speedy,
2: Speedy. He's a great AFL commentator. He's brilliant because it just so much more speed. You need certain people <laughs> that
3: um. <laughs> I like don't know can... what speed we're talking about. we talking about no, speed like goal. when
2: there's a marking yeah. contest or like um yep. a run in goal or like a big like a big diving chest mark. That's when you need that kind of energy and excitement, or like with Ray Warren when there's close to a try being scored, how they get excited. But Brenton Speed just gets excited about everything, Mm. and you don't want that in a cricket commentator. Jeez,
1: Ariane, we better we better move on. And we've got number four for you, and you've number three for you, and you've been itching for this one.
2: Oh yeah, this was. This caught me by complete surprise. Like I respect Peter Fitzsimmons a lot. I love what he's about and what he stands for. But I wouldn't trust his opinion on sport. And this is a funny comparison, but I kind of like it. Him talking on sport is almost like Roger Federer discussing politics. They're like water and electricity, I don't think. They should really go near each other. I
1: mean, I mean, Nicholas. Does Bandana Man really have any revel relevance these days? Relevance these days in anything?
3: What I find hilarious, and I think a lot of people would agree, for someone who's a rugby a rugby union person, he writes a lot about rugby league more than rugby union, and that's that's really actually a disrespect to the game he's supposed to be writing about. He, look, at one point. He he knew what he was talking about with sport, but it's more and more irrelevant by the day. And and sadly the SMH need to get rid of a couple of people like that. There's another person that's exactly the same that's become irrelevant. And it's a shame because I actually do like him as a as a media commentator from the day. But I'll speak of uh, Roy Masters. Yes. Uh, both of those look sadly need to retire because they starting to really hurt their legacy big time. And I respect a lot of what Fitzsimons used to say, especially on the back page and uh, the wide world of sports. But now he's coming more and more irrelevant by the day. Speaking about irrelevancy, right? So look, this one, I don't really want to go into too much. So all I'm going to just say is Tony Dozen. Uh, some of the things that he's said in the past and some of the, the behaviors is not great, but as I say before, there's always more to the story, and I don't want to get into Agreed. Detail. Agreed.
1: Absolutely.
3: We now go, Ariane, to number
1: five, and, well, this one, he had a coving.
2: Yeah, we spoke of him earlier, but Tony Dose, and again. No, no, no number five, number five. Oh, sorry. Um, David Croft experienced incredible drop of quality as a Formula One caller to the point where, Martin Brundle and Jensen Button are regularly correcting his mistake without the ability to make them as charming as the late great Murray Walker. I mean, Crofty was good, Nick, but it's, it's, it's almost gone. Mm.
3: But the question
1: is, who do you replace him with?
3: Is it gone though? I I don't necessarily think it is gone yet for him. I, I think he's, He's doing his job, but there is a question of what they're going to do going forward because David Croft, he's trying his best, but sadly he's probably not up to scratch anymore. But also, I've got to be honest, I don't think the Sky coverage is up to scratch anymore, and I'm talking about the commentary. Now, Karun is fantastic. I'll keep him. Martin Brundle is Martin Brundle. You know, Jensen Button, he's working his way. He's feeling his way into it. But I'll be honest. I would change the commentary, team because I watch IndyCar as well. And I, I've i got to say the IndyCar commentary is much more entertaining to listen to. It's, nah. it's a great coverage. And the F1 is not audio-wise. Sometimes you're better off just listening, and you can get the race control coverage on KO. You're better off just listening to the cars go around and uh, make your own commentary. Yeah. But can I put an honourable mention now that we're talking about commentators in motorsport? Go ahead. There's two people that I wish would go like these current cars of the future in supercars. One of them was a very good broadcaster many, many moons ago when he was under the tutelage of Mike Raymond. But when he was able to find his voice, uh, it started really ir- irritated me and I think a lot of people. Neil Crompton is one. And the other, I'm sorry. I love him. I really do. He was one of my favorite drivers. He spoke common sense at the start, but now it's getting sadly parro-esque. And I was of Mark's gaze.
1: Well, it's funny you say Parrott-esque because I mean you could say the same thing about the uh, the beak on his on his face then as well. Oh, die. Look, oh you know look, I loved I, I'm funny. with you. I'm with you on it though. Skazy I used to love him.
3: It's funny because I actually watched while he was driving, uh he did a Guess commentary of the 98 Bathurst 1000, right? At the end, and I should say the Australian Bathurst or the Australian Classic because there was two Bathurst races at that year. I'm talking about the V8 race, not the Super 2 race or the Super Tourist race, I should say. But he actually made a lot of sense. Now it's just like, yeah, you're right, Neil. I mean, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the Danny Wilder Award for Worst Sports Journalist or Commentator goes to a man who has lost all relevance, has lost all place, and really should consider his options in terms of his career. Congratulations to Bandana Man himself, Peter Fitzsimons, the winner of the Danny Wilder Award. And what better way to bring the award back to Channel 9 than to give it to Peter Fitzsimons. Mm-hmm. We now move on to award number seven, and this one, you I know that you've been chomping at the bit for, Nicholas. It is the Paul Langmack Award for Worst Coach or Manager. Last year won by Trent Barrett.
3: I know you hate Trent Barrett. I don't mind it. But anyway, that's fine. Let's get straight in the nominations. This one, look, I thought was a little bit harsh but understandable at the same time. It's a poison chalice. It's a poison chalice when you go to City United 58. And when he went over there, Joey Haywood, he thought I might be able to turn it around and make him a good side. Start of the season, strong. Start of the season, very strong. Then they lost 6-1 to Sydney FC. And that's it. He was done. He was done, Joe Haywood. Uh, look, it, it's it's always a, an interesting kettle of fish when you, you coach Sydney United 58. But Joe Haywood... Sadly, it wasn't up to the uh, the spot, and after six rounds, he only lost two games in those six rounds. You get the bullet, but uh, you must have done something wrong.
1: Jeez, you you must have done something seriously wrong, indeed. Ariane Shah, that was that not that was an honourable mention nomination number one,
2: and oh, he's a familiar name for you. Yeah, Joe Haywood. Sit. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh Trump Barrett. Yeah, this is probably up there with one of my favorites on the list and we all know that he didn't he wasn't worthy of a head coach role and how the seagulls uh how the bulldogs sorry fell from grace that spectacularly just proved those credentials once again and because he failed this Shambolically, I fear that at least his head coaching career, if not his entire top-flight NRL coaching career, uh, is in the past now. I
1: think he's he's shown himself to be a more than adept assistant coach, especially when it comes to coaching attack, but it's clear he is not up to the task of being a head coach. Uh, Nicholas. Nomination number two, and this is one you brought in and I think quite a worthy nomination.
3: Ah, yes, (laughs) Ferrari. Uh, They have got some problems. And and you know what? We we talk about it all the time, and some people said, was it the cars that had the issue this year? Was it the drivers? Look, you know what? It was a bit of both, you could say, on some aspects. I say, not quite, not quite, because the dramas this year that they had, and of course, we're talking about Mattia Bernardo and his stupidity, his stupidity as a strategy man, you yet a boss of your F1 team. And guess what? He failed Miss Silbury, and guess what? He fell on his sword saying, I'm done, I'm done. Well, you know what? You will never find a job anywhere because. You do not know and understand the game. So do yourself a favour. Go and learn on Formula 1 2023 on the video game and see if you're able to do it. Or even better, why don't you go to the grassroots of uh, sim driving and see if you can uh, make sure that uh, a car doesn't crash on a circle track when there's no cars on the road. There you go.
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) Nomination number three to
2: Ariane. Well, this is Steve Nash. He showed a complete lack of man management during his time at the Brooklyn Nats, especially with his management of Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving.
1: I mean, what what do you say? I mean, it's bad enough you thought it was a good idea to bring him in and then think you can control them, but then just destroy the team um, harmony like that in one fell swoop. What else can be said there? Nicholas, number four.
3: Okay, number four is Dave Noble. Yes, quite possibly one of the worst records as an Aussie rules coach in history, winning only five matches from 38 appearances with the North Melbourne Kangaroos. This could have been much worse if it wasn't for COVID. Can you believe that? Uh, Look, disappointing because North Melbourne have been struggling big time. They're going as bad as... uh, Wayne Carey stocks at the moment, Um, just, just pathetic. And it's a shame because you know what? They were once a fantastic club. I'm sorry, but you know what? They might have to give a call to a certain, a certain thoroughbred trader now and say, we'll take you back. We'll take you back at any point, at any
2: point. Oh boy. Ariane nomination number five. Well this is Scott Parker and he showed that his poor record at Fulham was no fluke. He shown the door at Bournemouth in a matter of weeks into the season. He's an average Championship level manager, but he's not nowhere near Premier League material. I mean, he, he he does
1: he's it twice now, he's managed to get well no, 3 times we should say, he's gotten clubs into the Premier League. And they've either gone straight back down or he sacked before he could see them go straight back down. Mm. To me, I think all of them very worthy nominations. And I think one of them in particular, Trent Barrett, unlucky not to go back-to-back and become the first person to have gone back-to-back for the Wood Ducks. But for the sheer record, for the sheer weight of pathetic performances and the fact that it could have been even worse, the winner of the Paul Lang Mac Award for worst coach or manager for 2022 goes to Dave Noble. Hey, We now move on to award number eight, the Mike Ashley award for worst sports administrator or owner, a brand new award. This one, we are honoring the worst of people who think they know how to run a sports club, but clearly or an organization, but clearly don't. And our honorable mention this year goes to Vincent Kennedy McMahon after being forced to sell the WWE after the announcement of his years of sexual harassment and hush money being paid out, Clearly, Nicholas, he's been taking advice on how to handle these issues from one Donald J. Trump.
3: They are mates, aren't they? They are very good
1: mates, actually, yes.
3: Oh, look, Vince McMahon, all I can say is gay Vince, go Vince. No, look, seriously, it's disgusting what he did. But, you know, Vince McMahon did a lot of stupid things and yet somehow – he always landed on his feet. May I remind everybody, and we're going back to drugs for some reason. But what about the steroid situation? He probably should have been in jail, but oh, yeah, somehow find, found a way to get out of it. So uh, didn't he
1: try and pull a senior case at one stage, turning up with <laughs> I, you know medical support to court? I think he did. I think he did. He tried to pull a senior case.
3: Like Vince McMahon. Now the first one on the list. Let's get into the noms because. Uh, this is interesting. Now, look, Scott Penn, there's a lot of people that uh, have bagged Scott Penn out, and there's only one person, Anthony Caruso. And uh, can I just say, the next time I see Penn out, I'm going to give a pen to him and say, well, throw the pen out then. Uh, Scott Penn, Bradley <laughs> Raringa Seagulls, yeah, look, over eight years, apparently, and well, this is the belief of the Anthony Caruso, uh, he's put, pathetic club ownership, and using a sports club for the sole purpose of engaging in tax write-offs. Now, I don't believe in that. This is all Anthony Caruso, and this is all alleged. Now, 10 CEOs in 13 years is a lot, and what Scott Penn has done hasn't been great. He's been, They've made a lot of bad mistakes, Manly, and they need to fix it. It's a big issue, and I don't know how they can fix it, to be brutally honest. I really don't.
1: And the, the biggest annoyance for me as well is two is two parts. First off, he hired the now disgraced Joe Kelly, who started all the issues, um, some of the issues with Manly with regards to third-party payments and then giving too much power to the Fultons and the Lussex over at the Sea Eagles. And then afterwards, he was then given, he was made made an offer by Kaspersky, $24 million to sell the club. He would have broken even. He would have gotten out. And he said no. So I don't know what else you can do in that regards there, but Scott Penn needed to sell the club. We move on, Ariane, to nomination number two. And boy, this is a big one.
2: Yeah, so this is the Glazers. And they've taken one of the biggest football clubs in the world at the time, Manchester United, and effectively run it into the ground. So much so... They become a laughing stock. This is what happens uh, when people buy sports clubs purely to make money. I mean,
1: Nicholas, this this is just embarrassing. What what they've done at Manchester United?
3: Yeah, very embarrassing. That Manchester United, once the proud club, have gone backwards quicker than uh, the West Tigers. Uh, it's it's really disappointing, and hopefully, hopefully, I say that. Uh, They'll find their way because at the moment it doesn't look like it. Our next on the list is Maurizio Avabene, a former tobacco CEO with a company called Philip Morris, which 100% makes him qualified to be the team principal of Scudera, Ferrari, and and then one of the biggest football clubs in the world, Juventus, who have seen the La Vincia Senora collapse after signing... Cristiano Ronaldo.
1: Oh, boy. I, I don't know what qualifies a tobacco CEO to think that he can lead sports clubs.
3: Well, they sponsored a lot of sports administrations in the past. They did indeed.
1: They did indeed. Uh, Ariane, number four.
2: See if you can this pronounce is, this one. This is Otmar Safranwar. Not bad. The... Not bad. Go on. I pride myself on my pronunciation. Very good. He developed a solid reputation as an F1 operator, especially during his time as team principal of Force India Racing Point and Aston Martin. But after taking over at Alpine F1, completely botched it with the Oscar Piastri debacle, which we did touch on earlier.
1: I mean, that's just straight out embarrassing. He got made to look like an absolute idiot as a result of what happened with Oscar Piastri. Nicholas, nomination number five.
3: Well, look, this is an interesting one. Kelly Ryan, never before have we seen a CEO blow up a sponsorship that could have saved the entire sport as much as Netball Australia. The Gina Gina uh, Gina Reinhardt, I can't even say Reinhardt, Reinhardt situation. Kelly Ryan showed a complete lack of leadership and left Netball Australia on the brink of financial ruin. Look, this whole situation is interesting. I can understand the reasons why they didn't want to be sponsored by Gina Reinhardt, but one thing I always say, if you're going to not take money from a certain company, that means that if you're going to take money from another company, you've got to do the same research that you've done with the first company. So hopefully they've learnt from their experience, but that was pretty pathetic this year. Let's be it honest. was it was pretty bad indeed. Well,
1: there were a couple of very good nominations there, and I think there are two in particular. One, I'm not mentioning names in particular because it might bite a little close to home that probably could have won it. But for the absolute size of the collapse that we've seen, the winner of the Mike Ashley Award for Worst Sports Administrator or owner is clearly the Glazers and the hatchet job they've done on Manchester United. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we get to the first of our two feature awards. It is the Triple H Sports Wood Duck for Worst Sports Personality of the Year. Nicholas, last year's winner, very well deserving to Tyrone May.
3: Yes, absolutely. And where is he this year? He's nowhere to be found. Uh, So let's get straight into it because this is always fantastic. The first one is Alex Marquez, MotoGP, who committed more dummy spits in the season than your average tennis player. Maybe his departure from Ducati is for the best.
1: Couldn't agree more on that one
2: there. Ariane, nomination number two. We mentioned his protest earlier and the way he's been behaving since going to United. Um, But it's gone from bad to worse. And his career and his ego has officially gone nuclear, uh, especially in the last couple of weeks. And there was an ugly exit to that situation just recently to hopefully put him out of his misery for now. Indeed, Cristiano Ronaldo. Who
1: I mean, I'm not surprised in the least with that one that he's been named there. Nicholas, nomination number three.
3: Oh, Kyrie Irving, the anti-vaxxer, the anti-Semitic, anti-police, anti the Um Look, what more can I say? All this while being shown up by an absolute champion, Patty Mills. Like, fair dink- Kyrie Irving, just focus on the game.
1: And learn how to be a decent bloke from Patty Mills. Yeah? That's all we yeah, have. Yeah, guys should be
2: the Prime Minister.
1: Oh, that's not a bad shout, actually. Nick, what do you think? Make Patty Mills Prime Minister. Uh, I'd rather Keith Oh, there we go. Ariane, nomination number four.
2: This is Megan Rap- Rapinoe. So she spent more time in court bundling a lawsuit over pay that she lost, by the way them playing or trading for football. Is it time she retired and became a full-time social justice warrior? <laughs> I mean, he's another one, Nick, that's just losing
1: relevance hand over fist.
3: Yeah, look, it's uh, probably one of those situations where you, you start to think who in their right mind worries about what this Person says, "I don't think anybody does." The next person on the list, I don't necessarily agree with this, Christian vapato Now, look, there is a fraction, a fractured relationship with Australian football. It's we, it's reached new heights after Graham Arnold basically said, "Look, you're going to have a starting position at the World Cup," and he said to Arnie, "Well, we'll get stuff. I'd rather try to make the Italian team," which I get, but there's a problem. More than likely. He'll be spun out of that Roma system or Rome system and he'll end up, you know, nowhere to be found. And and that's the sad reality that he's going to get himself in a situation where he's not going to make it as a professional footballer. If, if he – because Australian players, they do struggle from time to time and normally you are one of the first players to go – an Australian player is the first person to go if a team's struggling. So he better be on his best behaviour because, look, if he doesn't continue to play well like he is at the moment, he might have to go elsewhere. And, you know, EPL might not pick him up. Uh, the Bundesliga League might not pick him up. So do well, no other club might want him. So he might have to end up at the A-League again. So, yeah, it's an interesting situation.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, some very good nominations are there. And I think Kyrie Irving could consider himself very unlucky to have not won this. But to go nuclear the way that he has this year, to blow up the entire team, blow up two managers in his time at the club, and then blow up an entire contract. Cristiano Ronaldo, congratulations. You have won the Triple H Sports Wood Duck Award for Worst Sports Personality. Of 2022, and I think could think of no one more deserving than it. We now move on, ladies and gentlemen, to our last award of the night, the Triple H Sports Wood Duck Award for the worst sports team of the year. Nicholas, last year's winner, a couple of people were surprised by this when you saw their record. You wouldn't be surprised. It was Schalke 04.
3: Yeah, not a great season by them, but you know what? There's a lot of worse teams this year. Let's go through the nominations. Let's start off with Keith Topolsky's favourite club, the West Tigers. Quite literally, the season from hell in the National Rugby League and the second-worst return in the NRL history for this club in the modern era. Not just that in the NRL full stop. They're pathetic, and you know what needs to be done? It's very easy. Drop Bowmane, just be called the Western Suburbs Magpies, Make Campbelltown your home and start having a purpose because at the moment, this club has got no purpose. Make Cam- Hashtag
1: make Campbelltown great again. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Ariane, nomination
2: number two. Well, this is something quite bizarre. Watford Football Club has gone through 20 managers in this many years. I think the only two. Countries they can really rival that is a number of Australian and English prime ministers they've been in that time. But I don't know how a club can find any stability or consistency or any sort of rhythm in their game when there's that high of a turnover. You know what, Nick? You
1: know what they need to do? They need to call the one person who can bring stability back.
3: (laughs) Who? Sir Alton John. (laughs) Well, all I can say is, can you feel the love tonight? Oh, God. All right, the next one. The North Melbourne Kangaroos. Look, they have only managed to win two games in a 23-round season. Look, they always struggle, but this is pathetic. This is pathetic. This club. Once had some greats, Wayne Carey, until he did something else. Uh, then <laughs> <laughs> Just all a I can say is a bit of snurking. Um Then the next one, they had John Longmire back in the day, a great player, but they've gone backwards at a rate of knots. And guess what? I don't care. I don't mm. care. All I could say is thank God they didn't stay in Sydney. They were going to move to Sydney. They didn't. They could, stay in, they could stay in Melbourne. We want the good teams. We're happy with GWS because GWS are better. They're better than North Melbourne. They and are. the Swans, well, they are awesome. Anyway, next one.
2: Next one, Ariane, nomination number four. Oh, this has to be one of the most spectacular falls from grace of the year. The Manly Warringah Seagulls, despite losing Tom Travojevic and a bad injury ward. Manly were on the verge of making the finals with the Roosters being nowhere near and everything on the field started going against them only for a rainbow jersey out of all things to derail their whole season, see the club lose seven matches in a row and result in the sad and unfortunate end of the Seagulls' tenure to Des Hasler and multiple factions in the Seagulls team, uh, which are going to take a while to repair themselves if they ever do. And this was, you know, once again, Nicholas, this was a
1: pure political power play in the wake of Des Hasler's um, press conference where he was actually widely congratulated for doing as well.
3: Yeah, look, Dez Hasler... Sadly gone, but uh, I think the reality is that he probably needed the go eventually. Manly been struggling for the long time, and I don't know where to fix it. I don't think Des was the answer, to be honest, a while ago. So look is Anthony Seibold going to be your savior? I don't know. I hope he is, actually, to be honest.
1: Well, he's living up here these days, so we'll see what happens. Nomination number five.
3: Ferrari! Yes! <laughs> They were dominating before Spain. But guess what? They absolutely wet the bed. They, you know, they also had some excrement that also come out. Uh, They didn't know how to do it. And it was a a terrible year. They struggled in the the Contractors' contractors, Championship. I can't speak at the moment. And the Drivers' Championship. And you know what? They will one day go well. But at the moment, they're as bad as the West Tigers in thinking and thought. Hopefully, hopefully, they can go back to number one. But let's first do something very simple. What's the key thing if you are to win a race? Tell me what the key thing is.
1: Ah, Finish the race.
3: Yes, the old adage. To win, first you must finish.
1: Couldn't agree more. Absolutely could not agree more. It was a tough one this year to decide a winner. Five very worthy nominations. and Two of them, I think, in particular, in terms of sabotaging their own season, could have gone very close. But for this year, I think the one club who, or organisation that literally made every mistake possible in the book this year, they had a team that really should have made the finals. And to fail the way they did from the get-go, not even give themselves even remotely a chance. The second worst return in the modern era of the NRL behind only that god-awful Newcastle Knights team from a couple of years ago. (laughs) Let's not mention that team ever again because they should never have competed in the NRL. Our winners for the Triple H Sports Wood Duck for the worst sports team of 2022 is the West Tigers. Woo! Congratulations to the West Tigers, the worst sports team of 2022. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of another episode of Splinters, our second last episode for the year 2022. I want to thank our special guests here, Ariane Shah and Nicholas Kutnyak, for joining us tonight. And believe me, they will be back when we present part two of our awards night, which is, of course, the Golden H's. Ariane, first off, thank you very much, and we will see you again next week.
2: Looking forward to it thanks a lot.
1: Nicholas, a pleasure to have you on board permanently and we look forward to having you on our show next week for the Golden Haters.
3: I haven't I hope I haven't been sacked anywhere
1: <laughs> Oh don't worry I don't think you have and don't worry our legal team is already on the case for you right now) <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, I need it. Keith, help me. Help me, oh, buddy. Help me.
1: Indeed. I Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, triplehfm.com.au, and wherever you get your podcast. On behalf of Ariane Shah and Nick Kutnyak, I'm Anthony Caruso. Run hard or run home. Good
0: night. Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.hhfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites.